is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on tonight's show. I had this planned way in advance before any of the uh, you know, political things were taking place. But it was really something I was interested in, which is gene editing and uh, its complica- you know, complications on really the world and what's happening right now. So especially considering COVID-19, some people have suggested that that, that was gene edited, which this pandemic we're going through. We can talk about that a little bit. But uh, really what's known is really this advance in, in science within the last decade is this CRISPR technology that people refer to. And CRISPR is an acronym for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. And palindrome is something that backward and forward uh, reads the same way, like the word ABBA or something like that. So what it is, what they discovered is that some bacteria were able to nullify viruses by changing the viral DNA code. And they adapted that technology. And this is fairly recent. There was just a Nobel Prize awarded last year to two women, Emmanuel Charpentier and Jennifer Dudna, who's at Berkeley, who I tried to get on my show. She is very polite, but she declined. Um, Because I wanted to talk to somebody about CRISPR, but they won the Nobel Prize in chemistry. And... uh, but the complications and the implications are really vast. And right now people are experimenting with it. There was a case in China of a guy named, uh, he, was, he he had two children. He tried to you know, really change their DNA structure in the, you know, from the, the original cell, the original uh, person. His name was Hei Jianqui. He had two, Lula and Nane tried to uh, immunize them against HIV, it created a big Kerfuffle, he actually went to jail for three years or was in jail for three years and got a quarter million dollar fine, I think. But uh, I think from a biblical perspective, there's a very vast implications as well. So we're going to talk about that tonight. I have returning guests, Zach Magaha, Mark Breton, and Chris Taylor, and a couple new people who I've talked with, uh, Ken and me, like almost 20 times, but he kind of uh, joined us on short notice. And Mike Basham, uh, also I've done some interviews with from Spirit Wars. So welcome to all of you. Anybody want to get started with just your com- like some uh, general introductory comments or anything you've read or anything like that? Just uh, please go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, my, some, of my, some of my expertise is in uh, entertainment. And so I can give, you know, some examples from entertainment of how we've been pretty much predictably predictively programmed to accept the hybridization of humans or animals and, you know, leading to this whole human 2.0 thing. So I can give some, some, um, some discourse on that. Great. Great. Please do. Please. Yeah, please do. Oh, you want me to start right now? Okay. All right. So um, people can riff off whatever your intro is. Okay. uh, Well, there was the Island of Dr. Moreau, which was written by the guy that wrote the time machine. His name slips me right now. Um, I know H.G. Probably- Wells. H.G. Wells. Well, He's actually a very important figure for a lot of things, but H.G. Wells uh, inspired George Orwell, people like that. So. Yeah, and he, he was known as a communist and other things. So uh, you will see this sort of thing also coming out of certain people that are obviously communists. They want to change humanity to their liking. Uh, you also have uh, the X Men who are not human. So the X really it takes away for they don't know what their identity is. So that's what the X means. 
And it's about the outcast or the alter- alternative lifestyle, but they come with superpowers. These superpowers are usually from an occult base, right? And so also it stems into evolution because without evolution, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you will not see this idea implemented. So if you go back and look at the X-Men movies, they always talk about evolution, reaching, breaking the fourth wall, getting into the next uh, phase of humanity. And that also goes into the new age. And I'm not going to go there, but that's another one. The X-Men, of course, that's in the Marvel universe. It's in the uh, DC universe and other uh, comic iterations. You have uh, the movie uh, uh, Replicates. I think it's, it's called with Keanu Reeves. His, his wife and his daughter died in a car accident. And he used the technology they were working on to bring them back, so to speak, uh, somewhat transfer their consciousness or a copy of their consciousness into uh, human, I mean, some clones that he developed inside his house because his friend illegally helped him. Not going to go that, down that long road, but uh, it's the, you see this, this uh, idea of the, the guy that loves his wife or the woman that loves her husband and they died or they're going to die. This is a, a motif in a lot of these sci-fi movies that goes along with this idea. And so um, as we move forward, I'll, I'll give you more insight into some other movies uh, dealing with aliens. Uh, you have Splice. Splice well, well, Ken can talk about that, but that's a great intro because one thing I mentioned in my notes was how much that theme of X-Men or updating or tinkering with genes is such a predominant or common theme in science fiction and modern film. And really H.G. Wells as well, who also, I think he wrote a book called really The New World Order or The New Order, something like that. So H.G. Wells is really a forward thinker, but uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau is a very good point. I mean, we're not that far away from that. Absolutely. And this really all pertains to a concept worldview philosophy that's known as transhumanism or post-humanism or humanity plus or futurism. And Chris hit uh, quite a few nails on the head, (laughs) including that whenever you do look at uh, transhumanist material and alien-related material, there are three things that are generally inevitable uh, and correlated. They are occultism, evolution and high tech i mean no matter which direction you take it they are joined at the hip so what we're looking at here is let's start like at a common sense uh level that um for me okay as a relatively healthy person it might be easy for me to say don't ever mess with any gene editing anything that's for me and that's for everybody on the planet but you know, I don't have a child who's a suffering from severe physical and mental issues. So uh, just like we do already um, engage technology towards uh, helping us with uh, artificial hearts and hips and all this and tooth fillings that are metal and all kinds of stuff already, there's a certain amount that we want to uh, put out there as being... Um, potentially very helpful for people. And so this is an incredibly complicated issue because it's easy to go from the PR front, which is, hey, this is just about helping people 
to all of a sudden, we're looking down the throat of uh, essentially deconstructing God's created order and remaking humanity in our image. I mean, there's no denying that those are the extremes, right? Right. No, but so I'm glad you—that was what makes it so incredibly complicated. No, but I'm glad you brought that up because there is a positive. There was one case of an African American woman who had sickle cell anemia. They took her own cells out, not the you know the cells that are engaged in uh, recreating human beings, but took her cells out, put them through a CRISPR thing, put her back in, and she's actually been healed. So CRISPR has been put into a beneficial use, at least in that instance. But just like any other technology, there's uh, misuse and who knows what's happening in secret labs right now or whatever. Anybody like to comment on that? I mean, we can go back to the last conversation we had with uh, Mike Basham and Ken. I was about to say we're uh, (laughs) at a Christian perspective on gene editing. Everybody's so polite. Nobody wants to talk over anybody. But we can talk about Klaus Schwab, who in his book, The Fourth Industrial Reset, you know, is talking about the customization of organisms, but literal biology editing. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's pretty scary. And one thing that came to mind was also like one of my favorite movies, even though it's pretty campy, is The Wrath of Khan, that Star Trek movie where the guys, what was it, Khan was like a super being created with gene editing or whatever. And they had to ship him off on the Botany Bay somewhere because he just, you know, I, I think he was because he was like the superhuman. Like they had problems. I don't remember. I don't remember how it ended, but I think that that's a complication is like you're literally could create a new species of human, you know, homo, whatever, homo gene editus or something like that, that they just what may not re- relate to the rest of us. The wrath uh, of Shakar. Uh, Captain Cook. I'm on SETI Alpha 5. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Sorry, I don't want to talk over anybody, but, uh, you know, I think that the audience uh, just jumped into, you know, the spaghetti of information. So uh, we want to kind of move from the historical to what's happening now. Like, say, for instance, uh, the Greeks. Uh, and, and other, you know, civilizations believed in this stuff, uh, whether it's artificial intelligence, not the way we think of it, but, you know, spirits and, and robots or whatever. They believed in hybrids. They believed in all sorts of chimeras, you know. Uh, you jump all the way to the 40s where Hitler, uh, he was running his, running his eugenics uh, experiments. Um I forgot the dude's name. Sorry, guys. But Mengele, uh, Mengele, Mengele. Klaus Mengele, Mengele. Yeah. Uh, and they got their eugenics program from guess who? The Not Americans. China. Exactly. Came from from us. Guy's and, name was Hamilton. He was very influential in Germany. Yeah. So I read an article. And I think it's in the book that I'm reading right now. Um, a person asked a, a, a professional, "What's the difference between eugenics and genetics?" And the difference is zero. So we continually run these experiments on mankind, which God doesn't want us to do. And humanity is going to go as far as that its heart uh, lets it. Uh, the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right. And so outside of God, man is going to always choose the wrong thing to do. 
And what they pepper this stuff with is uh, the benefits of XYG genetic thing or technology, whatever it is, right? They never tell you that there is a cost to manipulating something that was put in place by the creator. But see, that's where um, atheistic evolution comes in. If we are what we are as a result of a long series of happy accidents, then there's nothing standing in our way. And why not, Why be subject to natural selection? Why not human selection? There's also the case of uh, Joseph Stalin, who sought to genetically manipulate uh, what he, they called ape men like, as super warriors. And then there was a story from a few years back titled 150 Human Animal Hybrids Grown in UK Labs. Embryos have been produced secretly for the past three years. And that's only the stuff about which we are made aware, <laughs> I hate to say. Uh, that's a very important important point. We don't know what's going on in these secret labs. Can I interject something on that, uh, what Ken just said? Um, we're getting data from obviously sources that we can't totally prove yet, but some of them we can going from Bill Gates and the Epstein underground weird cloning stuff that they've been involved with. But a mutual friend of ours that William you've been on uh, documentaries with Russ Dizdar has been just sharing continuously this rise of a satanic black awakening. And in the few short days, and I'm so glad we're talking about this now while everybody's so distracted with this, coming government civil war revolution whatever trump no trump yes joe biden what that we see the bigger picture here the historical context that there is a connection with i think the whole antifa and all the riots that we're seeing and the super soldier program these underground satanic black awakening super soldiers do you guys uh feel like there's a connection there well, I would definitely say they they look like it. I mean, they're all dressed in black. There's, there's a lot going on. I mean, I think they just had something with the uh, Department of Defense that some of the people who invaded the Capitol building had, like, all kinds of complex hand signs and gestures they were making to each other. I don't even know if that was Antifa or whatever, but, uh, I mean, I, I keep thinking about Dizdar and the Super Soldier Program and some of my other research that we haven't talked about publicly, but... Definitely, I'm 100% convinced, whether by a different name, but I think the concept of the satanic super soldier definitely exists. Yeah, um, I don't want to go down, um, get down on Dizdar. I would just say I would um, I would discount what he says about Nephilim-related issues, but I would say that he may be on point regarding the experiments about which we are relatively well aware to do with the CIA I mean, that kind of stuff is not conspiracy theory. That's just good old-fashioned fact. And so I would definitely um, be more uh, uh, agreeable to viewing it as that, as the result of all these experiments that were then put into place and put into practice for whatever purposes they may ultimately serve. Um, On Epstein... Uh, if you, if any one of you guys can look up an article, any article that mentions this, uh, this one is from the New York Times. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein hoped to seed humanity race with his DNA. So he was involved in some of this stuff. And it, I'm not going to go too deep into it, kind of, kind of gross, but um, 
the there are movements around the planet, and it's nothing new. We're doing it. China's doing it. Europe is doing it, and on and on, on to move humanity into this next phase. And it's not just through, you know, um, some happenstance. They're actively working on this stuff, and I'll give you more evidence of that later. Uh, but um, Epstein involved at all this child, you know what? Who who knows what else he was doing when you when you come up with this information here that he will hope to see humanity with his DNA. Yeah, they don't know the totality of it. It was never properly investigated. It was very convenient for a lot of people that he died. But, uh, yeah, there was a story, I think it was in New Mexico, where he was literally going to operate a breeding operation. So, And these things have happened. There was a guy, in, when I lived in Virginia, he was a fertility doctor, and he decided he was going to take his own, uh, you know, reproductive stuff and and – put it in these women without their knowledge. And he had like 40 children without these women really knowing the real donor. He lied about who the donor was. It was really him. So these things have happened, but uh, yeah, I always think of the boys of the Brazil boys in Brazil or from Brazil about people trying to clone Hitler. You ever heard, read that story? And it's like a fictional Mengele in South America and all these little Hitlers come out. I mean, you're literally looking at designer babies and that stuff is not, uh, outside of the realm of possibility, maybe 10, 20 years. But if they're tinkering with embroider, embroidered already, I mean, that's a, that's a serious concern. And it's it's important to have that historical context, too, that we're, um, and there's so many angles to this, uh, but talking about eugenics and even the late 1800s with evolution and the, uh, the push to make that normalized, which was as Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton, um, talked about it was very artificial that they started pushing this into the narr- the narrative and into science false science you know fake science basically we've been stuck in this this world where official scientists if you try to listen to like a biology podcast or whatever it's just always about evolution and now of course it's always nothing but covid it's like we live in soviet russia like where all the science books are fake but then we keep getting these little informations just kind of leak out about underground cloning bases. Like what? And that's why shows like ours are so important and bring these, bringing these minds together because we're sort of trying to formulate what is the big picture here and where is it going? They want these creeps like Epstein. They want to stick something in you. They want to change humanity. They want to, you know, mess or with Gates or Bill Gates, right? Bill, Bill Gates. I mean, they're all like from the same weird alien universe of psychopathism. So, I mean, that's why we really need the Bible. We really need the word. And uh, there's going to, I think there's going to be a huge revival, even as we're seeing the world continue to go crazy. Um, it's, they're going to try to shut us down. My YouTube channel is about to go down too. I just got a strike this morning. It's like, you have one last chance and then we will kill you. And it's like, Strike me down. Yeah. Oh, I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been, yeah, exactly. I've been groveling with YouTube for like two weeks, but I've just kind of written it off. Anyway, I wish you the best of luck. You back up, make sure you back up everything. I have all my stuff backed up, so it wasn't like a, it. Just all that work is gone. But, uh, but I think that they, you know, they made up excuses for videos from four years ago, like I was supposedly bullying or harassing somebody back during PizzaGate. And they busted for a bit, so they just came up with some excuse. Anyway, um, no, but it's I think you I think it's really important to think about these guys, Mengala, 
those experiments they did were monstrosity. And I heard the Japanese did a lot of uh, experiments with the Chinese prisoners in those camps as well that were covered up, experimented on them and stuff. So, you know, it's just uh, a terrible press, you know, thing that happened. Then it's yeah, who knows what could happen now? I mean, they talk about, was it that pig who could, uh, they, they tinkered with the pig and they actually made it extrude, extrude um, spider webs. Have you ever heard that story? So I think that, yes. they, you know, you don't really know what's going on in some of these uh, study labs. And I, I mean, we can talk about COVID, which arguably there's been some commentators have said the reason of its lethality is because it was gene edited. And the guy who talked about it was Montagnier, France, who uh, was very much into HIV um, research. And he said he looked at the genome, which they can do very easily, is replicate these genomes, PCR, uh, you know, or duplication that goes back to, what is it, Casey? I forgot his name. But uh, he said that it was the precision of a, of a clockmaker. Like somebody got in and took HIV sequences and, and put it in there, and they took the thing that really made the SARS virus not lethal and made it lethal with this kind of switch that will get you into your cells. So anyway, I mean, so I think gene editing really is a, it's a current issue. It's not something in the future. It's now. Hey, yes, it is now. And the, for, for the audience, CRISPR is a quantum, probably about two quantum leaps ahead of what we had before. Right. And so um, from Anna Marie Pascalone, a geneticist that uh, we know from the East, she said that, it only takes 1% of change in uh, the DNA to make you not human, right? We've been eating non-GMO, I mean, sorry, GMO foods and all this stuff. So our, our DNA is already changed, right? But this thing, once once they don't know all of the, the, the effects of the changes they, they'll make because when they change something, they'll change it to make, make it, uh, you know, pos- positive. Say, for instance, they took out a sequence that would cause your genetic line to have cancer, something like that, right? But the change changes other things. And then from there, you can't reverse it. A lot of people don't know that, right? I think well, CRISPR doesn't just allow you to remove stuff. It allows you to insert because right. the way the DNA works is it wants to recouple and you can put in a whole new insertion of whatever you want. So there were consequences of, you know, these mutations. They even said these children that were born, like there's, there's potential mutations just from tinkering around with the, the DNA. Right. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's a massive uh, undertaking uh, to really, parse all of this information because it goes into, you know, like you said, the animals, it goes into the babies, goes into the, the food, uh, goes into try to make super soldiers, which they're already doing. Um, and a whole plethora of other, other issues that most people aren't thinking about. And in fact, they, they might not even believe what we're saying and they think it's a hundred years in the future, but it's happening right now. Uh, some of your, a lot of your meats in the stores are, are, clone meats and you do not know and they're not going to tell you uh, because they've allowed they've they've been allowed to not put the labeling on there go ahead i can add something briefly to that the um the bible 
since we're talking Christian, um, I can quote the Bible hopefully here that the Bible does prophesy that there were wheat and the tares grown up together. Um, and if I can even get a more, little more fringy, the um, alien abduction phenomenon and the amount of people that have seen their kind of DNA mixed with alien DNA and all this weird stuff. I mean, these are not just random sci-fi novels. There's thousands of testimonies that are documented and they're kind of um, monotonously similar. That's the scariest part. But it's very, it's very possible that we're already living among people who aren't really people. I mean, you, we've all met that rent restaurant manager or that guy at work. It's just like, there's something wrong with that person. <laughs> you're like, that's how I've felt my entire life. Now I'm seeing everything go down and the Bible really does uh, get very specific that, you know, that there will be an abomination of desolation standing where it ought not be. Jesus quoted um, Daniel. And that is probably two things. It could also be your human body, which is your temple. So when there's this abomination standing in the desolate, the, the, that maketh desolate, it's kind of like weird, vague language, but we're starting to see like, why are they trying to change people's DNA and change the like foundation of what it is to be human? You know, I just think there's so much to this. If we were to look at the Bible more, um, honestly, with this data, we would find just oodles. And I, I hope Mark and Zachary say something too. You guys are are sitting there in the shadows. Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, the thing about the wheat and the tares is, you know, definitely, you know, just about that the gospel will, like, you know, reach some people, but then some people, you know, they're so kind of dead in their sins that even though I, I guess you would call them like nominal Christians, that it, it doesn't really take root or whatever. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, this is actually an inter- interesting topic that uh, Ken and I have talked about on uh, Indie Rock Dinosaur a lot, uh, specifically about the uh, the hybrid thing. I, I don't really think that there's anything, any prophecies that would deal with uh, like like what we would call like DNA manipulation. But I do believe that they are doing it. I don't really know, like you know, for what purpose. But as far as like uh, bringing it to like an eschatological place, I'm not really sure I would take it there. Uh, what do you think, Kings? I know you've looked into this topic quite a bit. Uh, you're muted, Ken. Yeah, you got to unmute. Sorry. Yes, Ken. Yeah, your mic's a mess. Yeah, your mic does not sound good. I just muted you. Come on. Yeah, it still sounds bad. No, 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 no. No, it doesn't sound good. Don't unmute. Fix it. Uh, One of the things we talked about in the pre-show. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Comedy minute. Okay. Well, I was like, Kenneth. Anyway, let me say something. You can fix his mic. Um, the uh, Genesis 6-9 we talked about in the pre-show was, it's, uh, this is the, well, let me see. Let's, let's look at the King James. There are generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Has anybody ever heard of that or interpreted that as his perfection was that he wasn't 
something that happened before the flood. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of that. It's not really a view uh, I take. I take the more, as far as like the whole, and this, I'm probably going to be in the minority on this one. I'm more of like the Nephilim were beat, you know, kind of like within that lineage of they were, you know, complete uh, unbelievers. The whole thing about Cain, I, I think Mark can probably help me out here a lot. He's probably more familiar with it than I am. But the, uh, the idea being that the uh, sons of God are like godly people and the daughters of men are like, uh, I guess you would call them terrors, more uh, just complete unbelievers. And it's like that kind of like pagan uh, uh, mixture. If that makes any sense. Like, no, I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm just laughing about uh, the mic, uh, Ken's mic. I don't know. I've just heard that somewhere that somebody's made that argument that there was like a genetic pre-flood situation, and they made the argument for that. But yeah, is it? I, I'm more of the class to discount it because uh, most of it comes from the Book of Enoch, which is a. Uh, I think the term for it is pseudo-biographical, where it, it couldn't have been written by Enoch, and then it has parts in it that contradict the Bible, and. I'm not completely against people who you know, take that view. The only thing is I've seen it taken a bit far by uh, quite a few people, including one person that I had on uh, an old show that I did who turned out to, in my opinion, be kind of like a bona fide false prophet where he's going on about things that uh, God has told him. But when it gets taken really far, uh, a lot of people get really worried. (laughs) They'll think that they're not completely human. And there's like a whole like kind of, I don't want to say subculture, but like a a thing that happens where people will be going to their pastors and thinking that they have Nephilim DNA or whatever. But then most pastors are kind of, it seems like the mainline view is that that wouldn't really be possible, especially post-flood. And if you take the view that uh, they weren't hybrids in the first place, which I, I know that's probably uh, unpopular among uh, some people. Mark's like the uh, the scholar. He would know more about the different schools of thought as far as Nephilim go. I'll let him help me a uh, little bit. Yeah, hey. Hey, everybody. Uh, hey. Shame, shame about Ken. Um, yeah, well, he's still yeah, trying. Yeah, I thought I about that stuff. Cool. I think I've... I think I've thought about it more from the point of view of pre and post Noah. You know, everybody was living for so, so long. And uh, there's theologians that have postulated that, you know, it hadn't rained. And the, the clouds protected humans from the radiation of the sun. That the atmosphere did this thing. But this is, uh, my thought on it is, is when I kind of ask the question, is, uh, okay, well then, why did God then step in and say, I'm going to limit man's life to this long. So there's something that occurred that was divine as far as an intervention into the way humanity was going to go. And we look at genetics and we, we're kind of like, okay, well, we can edit the gene to give us longer life. I listen to a ton of uh, uh, CRISPR stuff and, and uh, the people that are really loving this thing. And then I even found some Christians, well, supposed Christians that were writing. Uh, this one guy did an article. It was 10 verses that prove transhumanism is biblical. And uh, 
one of the interesting thoughts I, I, I saw a thread through all of this had to do with sovereignty. And so looking at it theologically, uh, you see where men are constantly uh, always bucking the sovereignty of God. And so what was the original sin uh, of Satan falling from the heavens was a question of sovereignty. And so that is the theme theologically that runs through your entire scripture is sovereignty and who proves that they have sovereignty. Jesus proved, of course, that he had power over death. And so, but that power was in, in him. And what I mean by that is, is that if we are, as Christians, we're going to access, for lack of a better term, that power, the only way we can do it is in submitting to the sovereignty of God. And then he does what he does. It's not a decision for us to make. Now, all through the entire recorded uh, history and other historical accounts and, and, and mythology and whatnot, we see people doing things to, to eradicate or uh, limit disease or limit negative things that happen to humans. It's been something that humans have done forever. I mean, one of the greatest discoveries was the bark that gave us aspirin, you know, acetosilic acid. I mean, so you can look at it and you can be like, okay, well, you know, why are we doing this? Well, because I don't want a headache. But that to me uh, still falls into a realm of we're using nature as it is constructed in order to attain a particular outcome, right? And so then when you get into genetic engineering, and, and, and one of the people talk about, how we've been crossbreeding tomatoes and this and that. That's it's not the same because the ultimate goal is not necessarily to just change the food. The ultimate goal was to change the food to change the people. The ultimate goal is to change the environment in order to rewire men. And this is a very different thing from medicinals, right? I very very quickly. I'm bipolar. I take a lot of medications to keep that under wraps. Uh, my brain is probably being rewired by the medications. But, first of all, I, I'm choosing to take them. No one is holding the social uh, score gun to my head and saying, if you don't submit, then you don't get to go to the grocery store. Uh, and again, to, to me, that again falls into a, a question of sovereignty. I have a particular kind of sovereignty as I live here, and uh, God has all sovereignty. And so if we want to, if we want to mess with these things, you know, of course the phrase, we're playing God, uh, it's actually true. And, and, and we cannot live in a world where, where God is not recognized for who he is, where Christ is not recognized for who he is and think that evil is not going to occur. We are, it's like, I believe it was you, William, that might've said right at the beginning that, you know, or it could have been Zachary. I don't remember. Sorry. Uh, the idea that the heart of men is desperately evil. And so our depravity will constantly drive us towards bucking the sovereignty of God. And in turn, then we end up taking away the sovereignty of people. Uh, uh, for instance, this new COVID vaccine. It's, it's RNA that's going to go in and do something to your chemistry so that your, bio, your body starts producing something and it's not natural. It's not like how they've done virus mitigation in the past. 
And so you look at it and you're like, well, why are they doing this? Well, we're the test bed. Everybody knows that, that anyone who thinks about it can see that humanity is the test bed. They put the fear of death in us so that we would surrender our sovereignty. And now they're using us to engineer these things because kind of like the island of Dr. Moreau, these people can't help themselves. And the thing that scared me the most about it before I get off the soapbox was that in one of the videos uh, uh, for the CRISPR, it's really, you know, beautiful, you know, cool, done, and it's always about yet. They say yet so many times. You know, science will solve all the problems, but not yet. But before you know it, and, and uh, but that really gave me pause was when they said, ethically, because their ethics are unmoored, they said, well, ethically, down the road, what do you think? It'll be unethical not to do it if your children has Down syndrome, or, or, or if you have your child is going to suffer something, it would be unethical to not edit their genes. And, and there it is right there. I mean, it's Antichrist. And so those, those are the things I glean from all the different things I look at. And I think a biblical, ethical uh, kind of a little bit of light cast on it. So God bless you, brother. Yeah, we we love Mark. I'm really excited to meet Ken, Ami, and Chris from Don't Let Them Burn. I'm I'm checking all of your guys' stuff. It's it's really cool to have this discussion with this eclectic group of men who are we have faith and we are trying to fight the war and they're trying to censor us and it's really really important to keep everything what Mark just said in perspective. I just received um, this morning um, when I was meditating about this show. Uh, one of these prayers that kind of cleanses your DNA, you know, and it's nice, charismatic, you know, evangelical prayer. Okay. Lord, please cleanse my ancestral, whatever. But um, when you watch these CRISPR shows and it's all about your DNA and we're going to solve all the diseases and you just take a little injection of your own cells re engineered and, and your cancer's gone and it's just going to heal. And I'm like, this is almost like a, a competition here. You know, Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. You know, we know that we're going to receive resurrected bodies if we believe in Jesus, right? Well, this is the technology, this CRISPR gene editing stuff is their version to with the liar that cheats and steals and destroys the destroyer is going to promise people eternal life. And it's the upside down version of the blood of jesus i mean when it comes down to it this is the enemy's final um fake version of what's going to give everybody eternal life but instead the bible says that unless those days be shortened no flesh should be left alive just like in noah's time i mean believe enoch or not i mean it's pretty clear that something really bad happened before noah's flood and the book of enoch states that they were manipulating plants and having sex with trees i guess like weird stuff like make sexualizing nature what are these i i'm in hawaii right now i did some landscaping with a guy that worked with epstein just gonna leave it at that briefly and his vision of landscaping was like sexualizing the garden like i was helping dig out this this garden and planting grass and replanting it just kind of getting my hands used to the working in nature and then after I was done, he's like, oh, yeah, this is uh, the phallic section and this is the female genitalia. And I'm like, oh, no, why? Oh, you know, it's like, oh, yes. And I uh, did work in uh, Epstein's uh, one of his projects uh, back in the day. And I'm like, 
this spirit is weird. These people are in some weird stuff. And then I thought about it, and it's like in pagan times, they sexualized all of nature. You know, if you read Chesterton's Everlasting Man, it was just all about like, you know, the sun and the moon, you know, they had babies with the grass and the blah, blah, blah. So Christianity is really bringing things back to God's order. And if you guys, if anybody wants to take the baton, because I just drank coffee and I'm, I'm so, I'm feeling the energy in the room, folks. Go ahead, Ken. I'll say something after you. <laughs> well, I think we're kind of circling the same issues, which I mean, that's why it's important, right? It has to do with God's created order and our millennia's old battle against it. <laughs> so we want to tear it down in every conceivable way. So this is like an art of war type of issue, right? Where it's sociopolitical. It's uh, philosophical. It's spiritual. It's it's in every conceivable angle you could you could take it. So that, for instance, we're our rebellion is now to the point where we're deconstructing our own bodies. We're deconstructing sex and gender and identity, and uh, to the point where we're deconstructing the universe. I mean, these claims that the universe is. Uh, a digital uh, simulacrum, right? I mean, that's how far we're going. We actually want to deconstruct the entire universe and claim it's not what it is. <laughs> that's our desperation, right? To just deconstruct from the individual um, to the individual's thoughts and philosophies and uh, everything. Mathematics now is up for grabs. The universe. It's all under the big top. Yeah, doesn't it say, I'm forgetting where that somewhere that like like the base root of like all degeneracy lies in something sexual since that's like the base, uh, I guess, way humans, you know, come forward or go forward. And it's like, we see that like everywhere now that go, of course, trans stuff is, you know, pushed, you know, more than anything, but it's like, we're entering a world where like, you can't really, just people like if they're kids growing up now, like not my generation, because my, my generation feels like the last normal generation. This new generation, like they grow up with this stuff and it's like they're going to grow up being told that like the baselines of humanity are completely different. So it's like starting from there and like onward and like the next gener generation after this, I think is going to be fully indoctrinated with some kind of transhumanist thing that they just see as uh, Normal. Normal. That's an excellent point. Yeah, I really agree with that. Like, and uh, you can see that willfulness of even teens putting their mark onto the order of the universe or even the world, whereas before it's like this is already predefined for you. Mm -hmm. So you see the kind of yeah, you know, this that that kind of definition is much different in this next generation. I'm see, again, uh, if if you are taught that the reason that there's a gender binary, for example, a male and a female, is accidental, right? If it's just unguided, blind, random evolution, which is what public schools teach, then it's accidental. And then the, so the question becomes, why should I be enslaved to the byproducts of an accident? <laughs> yeah. And now we have, not only can you log yourself into an online account, with a female uh, sounding name and pretend you're a woman if you're actually a male. But now through the technology, uh, various surgeries, and um, you can actually change 
your body to pretend that you're not what you actually are. And why not, right? Because once you throw away absolutes, then everything's up for grabs. Right. So you're just going to add the gene editing to the mix. So the whole transgender, gender fluidity, now we'll have one more arrow in the quiver to whatever change it is. Like I'm going to go through the gene editing process and become more of a woman or more of a man or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I get if you think about it, I mean, at the root of it, right? That's been the big argument is I've heard Christians say, well, when your genes look like a woman, then we'll be talking. And now they can do it. So the, the, this whole thing is keep, just keeps moving on like a freight train to deny humanity humanity. And instead, you know, what are they going to force on us? Because they're talking about trying to force their, well, they're forcing parents to allow their children to take you know, blockers that will keep them out of puberty and thus develop even more of their particular genetic sexuality. And now they can get in and start messing with that. And what what nine-year-old kid has a clue about, about whether he thinks he should be a, a girl or not? None I mean, of them do. None of them no, do. No, no. And, and they're not in any kind of age where you could, God forbid, even consent to that. And yet... There's people who have, and again, it, it comes down to that, that very simple idea of calling good evil and evil good. And, and we're so immersed in it, you know, and it, oh my gosh, I, I think about it and it, it's, 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 it's so sad that they talk about how sure. they relieve human suffering and all I see in this is human suffering. Human suffering, right? Confusion. Uh, but isn't there kind of a tension even in the Bible, Old and New Testament, between technology and just accepting kind of the way that you were formed as yourself? So maybe it kind of ties into what Ken was talking about, about, or even you, just about sovereignty. So even technology itself almost, I think, from a biblical perspective, could have is seen as like, what is it, Tubal-Cain, like all these other people went off and built you know, the predecessors for war machines and things like that. So anybody ever think about that as far as gene editing? Well, go, Chris, uh, go. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just, uh, I've, I've heard, uh, you know, uh, everybody else's views. I do hold to the view that the Benaya Lohim came and had, you know, relations with women, but I don't go as far as the plants and the weird stuff people write about. Um, I do believe that Noah's uh, generation meant his uh, genealogy. Um, So we have eight people on the boat that escaped uh, the flood. Um, You'll find a lot of weird things. Also in the Jewish belief, not all, but uh, they also have this belief too that I just mentioned. So you want to go check that out. um, Whoever's listening but uh, I wanted to uh, read a, a, a excerpt from this the book that's the, from this documentary here. Please do go for it. Right. Hybrid super soldiers and the genetic apocalypse. That's the term. I mean genetic apocalypse, right? Who's the author on that? Uh huh. Say, say. Who is the author on that? Oh, that's my that's my pastor, Billy uh, oh. Crone. But I'm featured in a section of it. Billy, what's his last name? It's Crone, C-R-O-N-E? C-R-O-N-E, Billy Crone. I've seen some of his lectures. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is the expert from the book translated uh, or transcribed. 
and I can't read all of this because it's kind of long here with the part I'm trying to get to. It's about Dr. Doolittle. And so basically the movie starts out a bird lies in and uh, he pretty much greets Dr. Doolittle and they go into a little, you know, park there. So after that, this announcer is on the same route of the Dr. Doolittle movie. And the announcer says, um, imagine a world where certain animals are considered equal with humans and didn't just have civil rights, but full self-awareness. So they have the ability to control their own destiny. Is such a world possible? And what would it look like if it were? Those are the simple questions based on the concept in science fiction known as uplift. <laughs> right? So that's something out there. Elevating the, the intelligence of non-human animals to something equivalent to our greater or greater than uh, that of human intelligence, the research in animal intelligence is more or less in, and it's overwhelmingly uh, supportive of the fact that many other animals are sentient meaning, uh, sorry, sentient meaning that they have uh, the ability to sense, perceive, and have subjective experiences. However, in this video, I'm using sentient, sorry, sentience to refer specifically to human level intelligence, uh, the kind of intelligence that allows you to develop complex te uh, technology, societies, cultures, languages, and abstract thinking. In reality, it's more likely that science, uh, sentience works on a sliding scale or a spectrum from bacteria on, on one end to humans and uh, on the other with dogs, dolphins, mice, somewhere in the middle. Uplift is a deliberate step taking, uh, taken to bypass evolution. Uh, it could involve genetic engineering, selective breeding, or a combination, combination of both. And it goes on and on. So as you see there, they're trying to make animals like us. It's the same thing they're doing in the, uh, the, the artificial intelligence field. Uh, we're dealing with uh, life from God, and then we're dealing with artificial construct, artificial consciousness, which could be taken over by spirits, and we showed that in the last show. And it's basically the same concepts lifting up at the same time. And I, that um, well, Crichton, if I may just... one really quick point to add to that, Chris, is that Michael Crichton's last book, what and Michael Crichton, obviously, as we know was confronting the the Clintons and exposing false global warming, you know, the, the writer of Jurassic Park. So kind of plays in everything here. He wrote a very little known book called Next, which dealt with basically making animals smart enough and then asking that question of human rights, like giving a monkey that could talk basically the same rights as a human. So just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Um the, the, oh, a, a little point uh, before. Let me see here because you guys are saying some good stuff. Uh, okay. So I'll briefly mention this. Uh, some of you guys probably already know this, but Bill Gates was in a presentation where he was trying to find the God gene and then they would be able to turn it off, right? Wherever that, wherever that God gene is, you know, they, they're pretty much trying to find the soul. So let me skip ahead. Um, I'm, um, let me just interrupt though, because that was 
discovered to be almost 99% sure that was not a real presentation. Did you guys see that? That was like super viral. People keep sending me that video and it's, I don't think that was Bill Gates. <laughs> oh, it wasn't? Okay, that's cool. If it was true, I mean, I yeah. think that's what they want to do. It's just that specific video, just so people know. I I did some research into that. and Okay, it, it's, that's cool. And I don't mind the correction, but um, I'll add to what you just said now. <laughs> and for people to go and look up the brain initiative that was put in, pro- in place, it's not his idea. You know, he has handlers by Obama uh, before he left office. And that's kind of the same concept that we just uh, looked at. They want to map the whole brain and find the soul. And, you know, you just got crazy stuff going on in this world. So um, I want to skip ahead and go to uh, what uh, Mark mentioned. Uh, I think it was Mark about the Christians uh, that uh, are pretty much on board with transhumanism. And they have an official term for this, just like Christian witches. It's called tri- Christian transhumanism. So uh, these people want to defile Christianity as well as they as they they shake their fist at God, and so finally here, um, all this gender binary and you know I'm a dog I'm a cat whatever, it goes back to the Baphomet, you know a goat with uh, arms and breasts get down further it's a goat leg and this is the whole this is the lunacy of Satan, and so we're taking on his characteristics. Uh, I believe, I really truly believe some of these people have mental issues. Uh, but other than that, we're dealing with a demonic stronghold that is trying to take over the world and destroy the image of God, right? Uh, to push us into this new age of transhumanism and, you know, the weird technologies. And this stuff has been written out, written, written about for a very long time, but now it's coming into our culture and we're kind of prepared for it uh, through all these sci-fi movies, comic books, and um, weird uh, uh, media presentations that go far and wide. And when you see what we're seeing today on like Netflix and Amazon and all these places, they're pushing the same agenda, right? And now when I say I'm, they're pushing the same agenda, they uplift all the, the witchcraft. You can go on any of these services and you'll find minimum five movies dealing with the occult right in front of your face. So when you get into that spiritual um, uh, circle idea, all of a sudden now it flows out into the population and they're more willing to accept stuff that they, they do not understand. Including the hybrid, Good. they would call it andro- androgyne or androgyny, yeah. or if you were Genesis P origin, it would be positive androgyny or androgyne. But Crowley oh. wrote about that stuff too, so that's kind of a common theme. Yeah, hermaphrodism too. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote a book called "The uh, Occult Roots of Postgenderism." and it I just filled it with quotations from uh, occult texts down through the ages who are pushing this stuff, all this stuff about um, all this stuff about uh, gender melding and and mashing together and um, hermaphroditism and androgyny. It's been in occult texts for centuries, centuries. Let me just read a little quote from an article by George Drovsky and James Hughes. It's called post-genderism beyond the gender binary. Okay. Here's what they say. 
efforts to treat female depression and male aggression, autism and ADD would give us ways to make the brain more androgynous. Hmm. Pause there for just a second. You notice the, the positive PR front, right? It's to treat depression and aggression and autism and ADD. Well, who doesn't want to do that, right? But then give us ways to make, by the way, make the brain more androgynous. And they go on to write that uh, Francis Fukuyama lamented these trends, the masculization or the masculizing of depressive women's moods by antidepressants and the feminizing of ADD boys with stimulant medications in our post-human future, referring to Francis Fukuyama's book, asserting that they were the result of pressure to conform to an androgynous median personality in American society. Okay, so this isn't about accidents. This is not about just confused youth. This is about a concerted biochemical effort. So what they're, just to break it down, for instance, a boy's body is developing as it was designed to into the body of a man with the musculature of a man, the skeletal structure of a man, the, the mind of a man, but their system's being flooded with estrogen or pseudoestrogen. So the body's literally biochemically confused, likewise with the female. The girl's body's trying to develop in the body of the woman but it's being flooded with testosterone. So what does it do with it? What do they their bodies do with it? And that's why so many youth today are sort of blob-like, right? It's hard to tell what they are, not just because they start dressing in an androgynous manner, but because their bodies are literally biochemically confused. Mm. Mm. And along with that comes the spiritual issues, the psychological issues. It's like, uh, again, it's an art of war. Let me read another quotation really quick from uh, Isaac Asimov. He says, I wonder if we will make robots so much like men and men so much like robots that eventually we'll lose the distinction altogether and have a combined culture. This may be best after all. Maybe humanity itself will die out as humanity and sort of melt into this machine culture. Yes. And yeah, a couple of years back, um, when I was at the gym, I looked at the table, the designated take whatever's there table, and there was a stack of brand new comic books. And I attest to you, every single one had a transhumanist theme in it. And incidentally, you were uh, referring to the Brain Initiative. Well, Obama is all wrapped up in Netflix now, and half the shows on Netflix are transhumanist or occultic or both combined. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, for people that don't know the subject, you can go and search actual news reports, actual videos from the people that are doing all this stuff. And we haven't even got to the, some of the, the worst uh, issues going on. But this was from CBS News Report. Today's House of Commons approved a revolutionary procedure for creating babies from the DNA of three parents. The technique could pre uh, prevent children from inherited diseases, and Mark Phillips is looking into it. Mark Phillips says Jessica uh, Newell is 13 months old and has, uh, what's this called, uh, mitral, uh, chondrial, oh, mitochondrial disease, 
a, a condition that keeps the cells uh, in her body from creating the energy they need. Her parents, Vicky and Keith, know Jessica's life will be difficult and short. Uh, Vicky Neal says, Vicky Newell, sorry, she has difficulty with swallowing. She struggles with her muscle tone as well. Uh, so as you can see, she is very floppy. She can't really hold her own head up. Uh, and her father says it's a really life-threatening disorder. Maybe a couple of years. We don't know. Now, I'm, I'm not against um, life-saving technology and all this stuff, but there, there's, there is a point where we're going to get to this, I don't know what the prof professional term is, but uh, let's just use the line, the line in the road. Where we're we're going to cross this path right here uh, into some more grounds that just defy what we believe is not coming, right? Here you have three parents, and, okay, some people say this, all right? And I've seen this on documentaries, so it's not weird, not coming from my mind here, <laughs> that you'll be able to, uh, turn your 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 skin into like uh, impenetrable metal, all sorts of weird stuff like that. Uh, you will be able to control the eye color of whatever the baby's born. Okay, a good a good uh, thing to look at is the Man of Steel movie. All of the people on that planet were bred to be the soldiers, politicians, scientists, whatever. That's that's the world that they want to bring about through through not just uh, transhumanism but um, technocracy. I watched um, a movie called the um, oh my gosh, not they live, but the movie where everybody's pod people. It was free on YouTube recently, and then we went to Target and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You know, and here in Hawaii, it's like everything's locked down. Everybody wears masks. Everybody believes in COVID and all that stuff. So, I I don't go out very much anymore. <laughs> you know, as you can see, I'm in a tent in the rainforest here. We're doing a lot of moving and stuff, but. Um, I, I just, because I was around nature so much and I had been isolated going to target and seeing their weird organized thing outside where they have like pick up and drop off and all this and everybody marching around in the parking lot alone, you know, in a big parking lot with a mask on, I was just like, this is, this is an alien invasion. There's just no other way to describe what we're seeing here. This is like invasion of the body snatchers. And when I walked over to just see where my wife was and I was waiting in the car, and not wearing the mask, I felt this evil sense of like people around me don't wanting to go like, <laughs> you know, cause like I'm the only human in the, release in the, the Karens. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it goes, it gets bigger. It's, it's like a sci-fi movie watching again, I, to prepare for this today, which, you know, I'm not a, a scientist or by any means as what well, prolific writers as you guys. I'm really proud to get to be here with you, all of you. Um, but, it was it, like when you look at the CRISPR documentation, kind of short little update videos of where the science is going, they're so like eyes glazed over excited about it. Like there's this weird, I don't know, this satanic force or this signal that's just taking over everything. And it looks just like a weird science fiction movie. Where but, like, I mean, CRISPR's going to give everybody the opportunity to play God. And they are there's huge businesses growing up around this technology. So people are trying to monetize this new technology as much as possible to promise people whatever. So you're going to start seeing ads for CRISPR treatments for whatever. I don't really know, but it's something right out of a sci-fi film, no doubt. 
Well, like, for instance, the other day on TV, um, Inside Edition, I just saw a really ridiculous, mundane story about two uh, 20-something friend girls who were getting surgery to lose their COVID weight, right? And I thought, uh, maybe just cut down on the Twinkies and get on a bike for five minutes a day. I mean, really, you have to go through surgery to lose. And I mean, they weren't obese. They had just gained a few pounds during the stay-at-home stuff. So, uh, I mean, it can't be that hard. But whatever your view may be on what COVID is and how it came about, it's it's uh, still a case of never let a good tragedy go to waste, right? And, and ultimately, it's about uh, toxic humanity. It's about seeing your fellow human being as a biohazard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we are already in uh, generations into uh, withdrawing from each other more and more due to technology so that um, the breakdown of the family is the case number one. Right. You break down the family, everything else uh, falls with it. And, and now we're raising a generation that literally looks at other human beings as being biohazardous. I wanted to interject. Did anyone see the uh, thing that it's some kind of like official China account on Twitter that they put out where it, it's almost like they were trolling uh, SJWs in the West because they said that they used specifically used feminism to cull their populations because once you get women thinking along that line, the birth rate dramatically declines. Uh, And it's just like, that's another way that they're doing it. They don't even have to use anything uh, like any type of uh, GMO or anything. They can just plug things into the culture in one generation and in the next generation, we end up with the same thing. It's interesting you say that because I listened to a show once on the radio that had nothing to do with conspiracy theory, nothing wild and wacky, just nothing like that. It was just strictly about economics. And they did point out the fact that traditionally, when a culture wants to reduce its birth rate, it'll make sure the women get educated because then their time is worth more and they'll put more time into earning money. It's strictly economics, but it all, it is also true that the more secular a society become, the less uh, children they'll have. Because face it, why why have another bioorganism that's taking up your precious resources, right? Yeah. Uh, you I, know, I want to add to that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to really. I've been seeing. Uh, I thought the observation of how uh, our own we have a generation now that's coming up that was described as blob-like um, and the conditioning that's occurring, just holding phones is amazing to me. And, uh, and then the, some of the other comments made me think about how one of the things that is extremely reinforced is the roles of men and women and any aberration of the roles of men is, is, is death, you know, I mean, you, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. They're very straight about it. And and so there are, in the church, uh, right now there's a movement that's been around a long time and it keeps morphing, is uh, the new apostolic reformation, for instance, is completely, jacking up, is completely jacking up the roles between men and women mm-hmm. as it regards. Yeah, NAR. Yeah, NAR is, is, is another. And so 
Netflix, Amazon, all these different things. All of this media is continually pumped into our environment that Christians are wasting energy on. And I am a, I'm big on wasting energy sometimes. Uh, so this isn't condemnation, but it's an observation that you're going to end up with people who are moving towards that kind of blob-like state, whether it's mental or, or physical, due to the incredible pressure to worship women above the the order the the biblical order and 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 to you know to cast aspersion on men for being men and so these these are the philosophical underpinnings that make us think that oh we need to rewire the brain so that we get repression and we need to rewire the brain so that uh, there's a more feminist friendly view or even feminist friendly uh, feelings. And again, we see an attack at the root of, of, uh, of the biblical order, but we especially see this is when I'm counseling people and talk about certain things. Sometimes I talk about how almost all of the problems that we have in, in American culture, youth culture right now would be solved if they would just go to another country. If they would just get up and go to South Korea, like I did for a year, they would see, a homogenous population that doesn't give a rat's patoot about how they feel about gender and, and, and identity roles. They don't like us. They're going to treat you like they don't like you. You don't have the same social access. There's things in that that you just have to accept. But Western culture is so rotten at the core that we're rolling over for all of this. And what bothers me the most is that the church is so ill-prepared. This is a great show. Getting to be on it, William, is a privilege. But are we going to make the dent? You know, yeah, what are we going to, to make the dent into modern culture to get them to, to – they're miserable. How do we – you know, what, what do we do to get in there and get them to understand if you would just move into the role that's been ordained for you, you will be a much happier person. Marching yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I have seen marching against that, in um, I mean, they're miserable people, and they're all yeah. in the wrong roles. I just got here from Taiwan. Let me tell you, people don't live on unemployment and food stamps and get to sit around watching Netflix all day. They work hard in Asia. I just spent 15 years out there, and it's just this is it's like a weird sci-fi Soviet dystopic nightmare to come back to america and, and hawaii the most expensive state is like the roads are all falling apart and there's like this this worship of gangster hip-hop where, where did this come from yeah. Like, yeah i'm glad y'all said a lot of that because it's a thing i've actually been i wouldn't say studying i would say listening to various podcasts on these topics because there haven't really been a lot of books written about it that i'm aware of but when he talked about the uh the thing where uh, churches are ill-prepared to um, address these like subtle things in society that attack the roles uh, that, you know, are ordained, uh, you know, preordained for people. Uh, if you look across the denominations, it's completely destroyed some of them. Like the one that comes to mind the most, you know, most obvious to everyone is the Methodist church. Mm-hmm. Now they had been going in that direction for a long time, but you know, this recent, I, I don't even know if you would call it a schism. I don't know what happened like 
if a conservative branch broke off or whatever, but uh, it's all about this one central topic. And I can't think of many branches that are doing a good job. Like I will stick up for mine, which is the, uh, the Wisconsin Lutherans, because we actually get made fun of for uh, the other Luth Luth uh, Lutherans basically say that we bully women because we're very, uh, you know, tight about the, the gender role thing. I can't think of any at all that have really addressed this. And y'all brought up NAR. I mean, I, I know that they did some kind of wacky things with prophecies and whatnot. What do they do that uh, related to this with the woman thing? Well, the first thing that's going on with NAR at the root of it is that they're denying the divinity of Christ. Oh. Sometimes, when I talk to people, that's sometimes I have to tell them, I'll be in a discussion with them, we'll be discussing Jesus and in, in, in his time on earth and everything that happened. And I will use the phrase when I'm talking to them, Jesus as he presented himself, because this is getting twisted in the wind constantly is who Christ is and how he presented himself, mm -hmm. not how the world wants to take a good idea or he was a great teacher or moral this or that. And they want to bend that thing up. And so what's happening is in NAR and a lot of other places like the Methodist break off that occurred recently is you're seeing the elevation of women preachers, which is completely unbiblical. Yeah. And then uh, you're seeing a, uh, the concept of divinity being something that we can all tap into and also the way that they relate to Christ. If you look at the worship songs that are coming out of the big, big NAR uh, groups, like uh, the one in Australia, I can't remember the name of it. Um, Hillsong? Hillsong. You're seeing a feminization of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so you see that in the way the words are and then also in the way that things are written to relate to that feminist Christ. And all of these things are all constructed, and they're satanic. There's no other there's no other way to put it. And the whole thing is just to break down the way that we view Christ and the potency of who he is. Yeah, the Bible's very, very specific about how to deal with people who do that. I, I think it's in, I can't remember which book it was in, but, it, you know, the, the phrase was that the people who are saying that uh, Jesus didn't come in the flesh you're completely supposed to separate yourself from and and, and uh, not show them any hospitality, basically. Like if they start attacking that 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 core thing of you know who uh, Jesus yeah. is, they're the you know they're basically motivated by the Antichrist. Yeah, it's anathema. Uh, guys, just to interrupt, I got to wrap up exactly at five thirty. So if you guys want to make some concluding remarks, uh, do it now, please do. Or also promote your shows, your websites. For people who might hear this on the podcast, you want to play the video? Johnny asked me to throw in uh, a comment, uh, everybody, to go check out what's happening on the Fringe Radio Network.com. He just got Fringe Radio Network uh, copyrighted, so he's got it registered now. Nice. With so bang. Hey, so, yeah. Johnny, he was supposed to contact me. Get her done. You, you want to play <laughs> the video? I'll put that in here right now. Yeah, notes. let's do it at the outro. He's gonna, Chris is gonna play a video. Why don't you guys all just mention your websites? I can do it for you. Up to you. I'll do it. Zach, Zach is, 
Uh, <laughs> Indie Rock Dinosaur, right? Mike Basham, Spirit Wars on Fringe Radio. The web, which your website is Spirit Wars as well, right, Mike? No, it was blocked. Um, that website was hacked to death. I have a new website. Thanks to Johnny. It's thespiritforce.com. Thespiritforce.com. And Ken and me at truefreethinker.com. All his books are on there. So please go buy them at his website. It's much better. And then Chris, Don't Let Them Burn is a website. But also, he's been doing a ton of really great interviews recently on his YouTube channel. So Don't Let Them Burn there as well. And uh, he's going to play some of his music about this subject, about uh, the genetic apocalypse, and that will be our outro. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. And, uh, Chris, if you can roll that music, let's do it. God bless you all. God bless you. God bless everybody. Share. Uh, You got to show it. Uh, I'm sharing. Transform humanity's norm. So we call in all humans, refusing transhumans. The only way out is Jesus. Please stop refusing the truth. Sin is the root. Humanity's proof. Why you collaborate with devils introverting the truth? The rash is imminent. Thirst trans deliberate genetic Armageddon synchronizing your death. The pit of hell is blown wide open as the seal of the Lamb of God terrifies locals. You can't escape the curse, make it worse. You alter carbon. Genes totally formed where the God is your final warning. You made an error, engineering. Chimeras worse than the nightmares from Frankenstein's era. The mirror is like a glimpse in the abyss. A warning of mankind, genetic apocalypse. Genetic apocalypse. Genetic apocalypse. Genetic apocalypse. Genetic apocalypse. The rise of the mark of the beast. Genetics unleashed. The horror of the new world is ordered in these. The small and great, rich and poor. You might be free or caught in bondage, but you won't be ignored. Has a Polly on his rising better cry to the Lord. The seem demonic cords impact and leave you in sores. Flashback to the present. Vaccines and medicine, the nemesis cocktail. Reverse the genesis. Now you promote the rise of the super soldiers. The Lord is watching at the harbor scene is almost over. Didn't you notice the drones flying high over? You were mistaken. The cold war, it ain't over. GMOs increase disease. Listen, secret cloning, please believe. It's a reality you can't perceive. Imagine humans mixed with animals. Creatures and seas, it's a genetic apocalypse. 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 Jesus is coming back soon. That's right. Yeah, be ready. He's coming back. I'm telling you, he's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. This is a warning. Please just listen.
wonderful, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Informative, too. Yes, I try to put it in my head. <laughs> Thank you very much. I really like that. Thank you. All right, guys, I got to go run. Take care. God bless you. Thanks, for everybody, for joining. See All you right, again guys. soon. Thank you. Great to meet you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Bye.